Good morning, everyone. I have a couple of uh, quick announcements for you. I always have so much trouble getting the mask off. I don't know if you do too, but uh, so a couple of quick announcements. I don't know if you noticed, but there is a rose on the altar again, which is always a great celebration when we have a rose on the altar. David Thomas Shaddix Jr. is a new baby in the life of our church. Uh, the rose is there uh, from the Early Learning Center and the Children's Ministry. Also want to recognize the parents, David and Mary Lynn Shaddix. What a great celebration. Uh, November the 15th, our children's ministry is going to have a picnic out at the home of Jennifer Smith from 1230 to 2. It's going to be outdoors and a lot of fun. Uh, if you need the address for that, you can find it on the church website under news. Or you can ask Catherine Barnes and she'll give it to you. And it's going to be so much fun, so much fun. Um, also wanted to let you know, how cool is it that we have a choir up here today? So uh, when I say that, Gadsden State Choir with J.T. Harrell are going to be here November the 18th in this sanctuary uh, at 2 p.m. doing a Christmas concert. It's going to be the same uh, guidelines we have uh, with our church right now with masks and social distancing, but you're going to want to check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and here's my last announcement. This is great. So um, you've seen these before, I bet. These are our Thanksgiving bags that we do for the Salvation Army every year. You can pick these up at the church uh, in the hallway here um, or at the entrance doors. But also, if you're watching online, you can just, we can send you the list of the items, and you can drop those items back off here at the church. We would love for you to participate in this and make uh, somebody thank, somebody's Thanksgiving great. There's a lot of people uh, that are in need this year. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful that we are able to worship together as a church family, whether it's virtually or in person. We're thankful to be worshiping together. I pray that right now you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you and what it is that you want us to grow in. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. I'm glad that you're here. And if we, if we all had hymnals, I would say grab a hymnal and turn to hymn number 368. But I'll just ask you to look at the screen and let's all stand together and sing our opening hymn, My Hope is Built. My hope is built.
standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. And I want to invite our children, if they'll join Miss Catherine over here to my right and to your left. It's time for Children's Church. We have any of our kids that want to join us over there? I always say, I always say kids, but some of you grown-ups might rather go and play with uh, the kids and Miss Catherine than listen to Pastor Sam preach this morning. No. All right. Okay. It's wonderful to be able to, to welcome you today, whether you're here in person with us or whether you're joining us online. If you're joining us online to worship, say hello to us this morning. We like seeing who is worshiping with us online. We have people all around, the, literally all around the world that join us sometimes. I know last week we had uh, people in the Middle East that were joining us for All Saints Sunday. And I, I just think it's wonderful what we can do and that we are connected with connected uh, with each other that way. So we, uh, we feel connected to you. Um, I want to thank you for, for worshiping with us today. I want to thank you for supporting your church through all of this. And I want to ask for your continued support. And if you can give a, a, an offering, whether it's in an offering plate or whether you give online, we appreciate every single thing. I want you to notice uh, our display by our altar today. Today is the, the Sunday before Veterans Day, and uh, everybody was given a little flag, and, and uh, right at the end, I'm going to tell you, we're going to we have a chance to wave our flags uh, right at the end of the service today. We remember uh, our veterans. We have flags up here that represent the Coast Guard and the Marines and the Air Force and the Army and the Navy, and also our POWs and MIAs, and uh, we remember all of our veterans. We're about to have a prayer, but I want to say something about how you can pray for veterans. Um, pray that they will be honored and respected for their service to their country. Pray that uh, they will have what they need in, in terms of, of health care. Pray for healing for anyone who has experienced uh, either physical or emotional wounding from serving in, uh, in, uh, to, in service to their country. Uh, and just, just pray that they won't be forgotten. Let's make sure that we don't forget. And in that spirit, I want to ask uh, any veteran who is here in, in the sanctuary, uh, will you stand and let us say thank you for your service day? If you're a veteran, I know we have some veterans. Will you stand? Thank you. I know we have many veterans that, that, that might be watching with us today, and wherever you are, we, we are very, very grateful to you. I will ask you if you will bow with me now and join for a time of prayer. God, our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for a beautiful day, and we give you thanks for uh, being able to worship together today give you thanks lord for blessings that are too many to count for the fact that you are through christ reconciling the world to yourself and you've 
chosen to make your church, the body of Christ, a part of that reconciliating work. So continue to work through us, Lord. We realize that we are works in progress. We realize that we need you. Uh, we need your forgiveness and we need your healing. We need your hope and we need your comfort. We need your guidance, Lord, because we don't want to make a step in the wrong direction. We want to go where you lead us, Lord. And God, for, for your church, not only here in Gadsden, Alabama, but your church around the world, we give you thanks and we pray, Lord, that you would teach us to pray as, as you taught your disciples by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, if I can catch my breath again, I'll try to get up here and preach. Thank y'all so much. That's so beautiful. Such a great reminder of what America's all about. I want to invite you uh, to follow along on the screen, or if you're at home, grab a Bible and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We're going back to 1 Thessalonians again. All month long, we're talking about having a thankful heart. And um, it, it's, it's a season of Thanksgiving. It's not just a day of Thanksgiving we're celebrating. We're, 
we're remembering to be thankful and today we're talking about serving with a thankful heart last week we talked about remembering with a thankful heart and today it's about serving with a thankful heart beginning with verse 2 and going through verse 10 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 we always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers constantly remembering before our our God and Father, your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our message of gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Just as you know what kind of persons we prove to be among you, for your sake and you became imitators of us and of the Lord for in spite of persecution you received the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia for the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia but in every place your faith in God has become known so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of those regions report to us what kind of welcome we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Not too long ago, I was pumping gas at the Shell station, and I noticed, kind of absentmindedly looked, the person next to me, and I noticed a bumper sticker on their truck. It was a, it was a U.S. Navy bumper sticker, and it caught my attention because my dad served in the Navy. And I noticed he had one of those blue hats on that said USS something, some, the name of his ship that he served. I can't remember the name of it. And we caught each other's eye, and we did, the, we did the southern thing. We just did the nod, you know, the nod. And if you, if you live in another part of the country, you may not know that. But here in the south, we, 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 do, we do this. When we drive, we're driving, we give you, give you the wave. Even though we might not know you, we give you the wave. And then if we see you, we give you the nod or say hello. That's just the way we are. But, but I got to thinking about uh, this gentleman, and as I was going in to pay for my gas, I thought, you know, the nod is not enough today. So I looked at him, and I said, thank you for your service. Have you ever done that when you, when you saw a, a veteran, maybe, uh, maybe somebody in uniform or somebody that had on one of those hats, and you know that they served? You just say, thank you for your service. It's a simple thing, but it means a lot to thank somebody for serving, you know? If you just flip it around and think about how you feel when you do something and somebody looks at you and says, I really appreciate that, thank you. It means a lot, doesn't it? As my mom always said, even an old hound dog likes a pat on the head every now and then. Just be grateful, right? A thankful heart. Well. Uh, the Apostle Paul took thank you for your service and then he did like the chef Emerald did and he kicked it up about two notches. He not only said thank you for your service, he said I'm praying for you and then he went as far as to say I'm never going to forget you. I'm going to remember you. And that's what I want us to think about doing is, is one, if we could just have a grateful heart that would be wonderful. But let's go beyond that. Let's do more than expected. Let's say, not only am I thankful for you, but I'm going to pray for you, and I'm not going to forget you. I'm not going to forget you. That's just in general. I would just say, just in general, if we could do that. But specifically, let's look at what Paul said to the church at Thessalonica today. He said specifically, here's what I'm thankful for when I remember you. Three different things he said. He said, I'm grateful when I remember your work that comes from faith. I'm grateful for your work. Now, you and I know people that work really hard to get out of work. 
And, and I mean, they put so much effort into not doing something. You think, well, if you put all that effort and you actually did something with it, then that would be great. But he's not talking about people who just talk about it. He's not talking about people who just like spew their opinion. He said, you actually did the word work in verse three means deeds. He said, you actually did something. You didn't just think about it. And why did they do something? Why did this church do deeds? They didn't do them for, I don't know, expecting something in return. They didn't do them out of selfish interest. He said, you did it from the foundation of your faith. You did it because of your faith. The work came from your faith. You believed in God and you believed in what you were doing and you served because of that. That's the way it's always supposed to work. Anything that we do is always supposed to come from a foundation of what we believe and our strong convictions. If we could just get that back again in every walk of life, not just in the church, but if we could just rub that everywhere and say, listen, people, when you do something, don't just do it because you think you're going to have somebody uh, toot your horn and, and recognize you. Do it because of a place of strong conviction. Do it because... You believe in it so strongly that that's why you did it. So, I don't know. Did we lose that somewhere along the line? Did we lose that in public service? Did we lose that in, in all walks of life? Have we lost that in the church? Maybe, you know. Maybe we need to, to take that attitude out and dust it off again and say, I'm going to do something. I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do it because of my deep convictions. So that if anybody said, well, why did you do that? I wouldn't have to say, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I did that. I would say, I did that because of my faith. I did that because it was the right thing to do. I did it out of my own personal conviction. All right. Paul said, I'm grateful, secondly, because of your labor that comes from love. You say, well, labor and work, what's the difference? In verse 3, there is a lot of difference. He's not just being redundant here. He's, he's talking about two different things. Um, the word work, as I said before, just means deeds, right? It means actions. More than just thinking about it, it means actions. But the word labor is so cool. It, it's a word that literally means to strike a blow so hard that you get weary. If you just picture somebody swinging a heavy hammer... And, and I, don't, I don't know whatever they're doing with their head. Maybe they're a blacksmith or something. All right, swinging a heavy hammer, and they keep on swinging, and they keep on hitting a blow, and they keep on doing it even after they get tired. They just keep on doing it. And you say, why in the world would anybody do that? Why would they just keep on going? Uh, after the point where they were exhausted, why would they do that? tired and weary but do it anyway well Paul said you do it you labor because it's a labor of love okay so I've already got you thinking about a blacksmith hammering and or, or somebody swinging a, a sledgehammer after the point that they've already gotten tired of doing it but now I want you to shift and I want you to think about a parent in the middle of the night two or three o'clock in the morning walking the floor bouncing a baby like this because you, if you ever had a colicky baby that just cried at the same time at like three o'clock in the morning and there wasn't anything you could do you just walk around you just you do the the bounce like this and you walk around why in the world would a parent do that why in the world would somebody why in the world would somebody sit in a hospital an old smelly hospital room a little cramped and sitting in that chair that's not comfortable. Why would somebody sit up all night in a hospital like that? Why in the world would a group of people go into somewhere where there's been a storm come through, go in a neighborhood at, with people they don't even know, and climb up on the roof and put a tarp on the roof or clean up limbs out of their yard of people they don't even know? Why in the world would somebody do that? Even after they got tired, they kept on doing it. Why would they do it? It's a labor of love. It's a labor of love. And Paul said, I'm so thankful for you all. I'm thankful for you Thessalonians. 
because of your labor that comes from love. And I want you to know, I'm thankful for you, not Thessalonians, but you Gadstonians. I'm thankful for this church because I see you. I know that you do a work that comes from your faith. And I know that you labor and you do it out of a labor of love. I'm thankful when I see you do that. And then Paul said, I'm grateful when I remember your steadfastness that comes from hope. Steadfast, to be steadfast means to persevere. As Pastor Harvey Beck used to say, it means to keep on keeping on. Did y'all ever hear Pastor Harvey tell, did Pastor Harvey ever tell you keep on keeping on? He used to tell me that, I, and if I, if I called him right now, he would say, Pastor Sam, keep on keeping on. He got it from his grandmother, by the way, who probably got it from her grandmother. And it's the idea that you just, you just keep on going even when you want to quit. You keep on going. Why would the Thessalonians do that? Why, why would we do that? Why would we keep on keeping on? Paul said, you did it because of your hope. Now, hope is one of those words that it's, I don't know, it's like love. We just kind of throw it around when we really don't think about what it means. We have a kind of a, a flimsy, half-hearted hope that we just say, well, I hope it doesn't rain because i got to go to the grocery store. But real biblical hope, just solid biblical hope is something altogether different. Hope in the Bible means this. It means the expectation of what is sure. Now, what is our hope in? It's not in the weather. I got news for you. If you live in Alabama, you're going to get maybe all four seasons in one day. You know what I mean? Our hope is not in the weather. Our hope is not that our Sports team is always going to win every game. It'd be nice, but that doesn't happen. It's not even that our, our political candidate that we really preferred was going, to, that was going to win every election. Our hope is not in that. You know what our hope is? Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Did you catch that when we sang it earlier? I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. That's our hope. That's the only thing that we have an expectation that is sure in. That's why we keep on keeping on, church, isn't it? That's what Paul said. He said to the Thessalonian church, he said, you guys... You guys work, but you, you do more than that. You labor, right? Past the point where you get tired and want to quit. You labor. And not only that, you're steadfast in it. You just keep on doing it. Despite harsh persecution, by the way, which we don't know anything about. Not, not in our day and time. Not in, in our place where we live. But they did. And they just kept on. Why? Because it came from their faith. It came from their love. It was a labor of love. It was anchored in their hope in Jesus Christ. And you say, well, that just sounds awesome. Good for them. Good for them. And if that is, if that is the condition that they were in, well, I wonder how they caught it. If that's a condition. See, I think about it as a condition because I think they caught it more than they were taught it. And the reason I think that is because these Thessalonians were following an example. They were following an example that Paul and Timothy and Silvanus lived before them. Lived before them. You see, here's how it worked. Paul and Timothy and Silvanus were following Jesus, his example, and then... They lived that example before the Thessalonians, and then the Thessalonians followed that example. And then you know what the Thessalonians did? They passed it on. Paul said in, in verses 6 through 8, he said, In spite of persecution, the message you received, the joy that was inspired by the Holy Spirit, then you became an example to the people in Macedonia and Achaia. 
You passed it on. You took what we gave you and you passed it on. So thank, thank you for your service. I'm praying for you. I'll always remember you. I want to say that to every veteran today. Thank you for your service. I'm praying for you, and I'll always remember you. I want to say that to every servant-hearted member of this church, everyone who does what probably sometimes doesn't even get seen. I want to say thank you for your service. I'm praying for you, and I'll always remember you. You may, be, uh, you may be sitting inside your house today thinking, I don't know what I can do to serve. You know, I really would like to serve. I don't know if I can't get out. I mean, things are, are kind of strange right now, or, or maybe my health won't let me get out and do what I'd like to do. I think about uh, this man in the church, the first church that I went to after I got out of seminary. His name was Gilbert Black. And let me tell you about Gilbert. Gilbert was the biggest Tennessee Vols fan that I've ever met in my entire life. And I've met some, y'all. I've met some. He was the biggest one. If you had gone to Gilbert's office at the wholesale grocery place that he worked at in Huntsville, Alabama, then you would have seen wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling, University of Tennessee memorabilia. Everything in there was orange to the nth degree. I'm talking about he had autographed helmets, autographed jerseys. He had all these these prints, you know, uh, that artists do. He had banners, he just mugs. Everything was UT. I have a feeling that his family said you're not going to bring that in here. And so that's why it was all at his office at work. I don't know. But that's not even the biggest thing. This, this is the most extra thing that I've ever seen anybody do. He had an, a Tennessee Vol orange three-piece suit complete with orange checkered, orange and white checkered shirt and orange tie orange hat, orange shoes, orange walking cane, and he would wear it to church and proudly come down the front aisle of Huntsville First United Methodist Church, come down the aisle, and you're thinking, if you're not a Tennessee Vols fan, you're thinking, that is the gaudiest sounding thing I've ever heard of in my life. But if you saw the big smile on Gilbert's face, I promise you, you would have been smiling too because he was the most joyful person in an orange suit you have ever seen in your life. He was just so proud to be able to wear his orange suit. By the time I got to uh, Huntsville first, Gilbert was not able to come to church anymore. His mind was as sharp as a tack. His legs just didn't work anymore, not like he wanted them to. And he had to wear oxygen most all the time, so he just didn't get out of the house very often. But I want to tell you this about Gilbert, too. I've told you about the Tennessee ball stuff. But you know who he loved more than his Tennessee balls? He loved God, and he loved to serve his church. And he was a servant-hearted person. And here's what he did. Like I said, he wasn't able to get out. He wasn't able to do anything. But you know what he could do? He could get on the phone. His whole life and his business, his business life, he worked the phones. He knew what it was like to work the phones. So that's what he did for his church. Every person that ever visited that church got a phone call from Gilbert and a conversation welcoming them. Now, why would he do that? It wasn't because he wanted a pat on the back. He did it because he had a strong conviction that everybody deserved to be welcomed and everybody deserved to be treated like they were a friend and not a stranger. And that's exactly what he did. Out of that strong core conviction, he treated everybody like that. You know, that's how he ran his business. 
As you can imagine, he was very successful in his business and he loved going to work every day because he treated people like they mattered. I can't tell you how many people joined that church and when they joined that church, they said, you know, one of the reasons that we're joining today, one of the reasons we're becoming a part of this church family is because of somebody that we've never even met. His name is Gilbert. I said, well, I wish you could meet him. But he said, they, they would say, we're joining because he made us feel so welcome. He served steadfastly. And what he did was a labor of love. And it came from a deep personal conviction. And because of his love of Jesus and his love of his church. He made you want to love as much as he did. He was an inspiration. So we have great servers in this church. I want to thank you for your service. I want to say how grateful I am that you steadfastly do what you do. Maybe you are thinking, you know, I really like to serve. I'd like to, I'd like to be the one that, that swings the hammer at something. You know what I mean? I'd like to do that, but I really would like to know what I could do. Hey, you know what? I have a list of things that you could do. And if I, it, it, there's, there's more on here than I can mention this morning. So if you ask Pastor Andy or if you ask Sheila or you ask me, we can tell you some things that you can do to serve, some ways that you can serve. Uh, for instance, we need greeters for our celebration service at 9 o'clock. We need helpers with our, our cameras and our soundboard for our live streaming services. Important people to be able to worship with us on live stream. We need help in clothes closets sometimes. We, we're trying to put together another team for Ladle of Love. Sometimes we need help in, in, in our worship arts and preparing worship settings for special services. Our youth and our children's um, teams always need help with, with something or another. And we've always got a mission project going. This month we're doing Salvation Army bags. There's always something you can do. There's always something that you can do. So I want to I close by, by giving you a challenge. A challenge for everybody, myself included. And uh, since, you know, maybe we could call this the Thessalonian challenge. Who knows? It might just go viral. Some of y'all need to, like, make a TikTok video about this, um, about this challenge. And the challenge is this. Be an inspiration to somebody else because of your steadfast service. Service that is rooted in your faith and in your love and in your rock-solid hope in Jesus Christ. The challenge is this, what will people catch from watching your example? Will it be something worth catching? Will it cause them to give thanks to God when they say their prayers tonight? Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we are thankful for the people that have, have given and have served past the point of, of being tired, past the point of thinking that someone was going to recognize them. We are thankful, Lord, for them, for what they've meant in our lives, for the example they've given. And that's what we want to do, Lord. We want to be the cause for someone to give thanks to you. We want to let someone catch our example of steadfast service that springs from our deep conviction that's a labor of love and that is anchored in our hope in Christ. Help us, Lord, to do just that and let it be catching. Let us pass it on. In Jesus' name, amen. It only takes a, a spark to get a fire going. That's what the, the old camp song, Pass It On, says, but it's, it's so relevant for us today. And that is our closing hymn. It's number 572 in the hymnal, but the words will be on the screen for you. It's uh, Pass It On. And then I want you to stay tuned because we're going to have a very special um, 
postlude after our benediction that involves your flag. So have this handy. Stand with me and let's sing, pass it on. benediction go forth to serve steadfastly with a thankful heart and now for our benediction I've already got you standing up if everybody will get your uh, your flag Benny is going to play for our post salute today the national anthem Oh, 